dear listener, the recording you are about to listen to was recorded at various times, but in one place. They have been edited and pieced together. What follows is the result of that recording. Uh, uh. I want to be a famous artist. You said you had a good idea for a good cold oh, open. So the cold open was when I was four years old, my mom's friend asked me, would you rather be rich or beautiful? No, sorry. <laughs> but, no, I, no, she no, said, wait, I was would you a... rather be smart or beautiful? <laughs> These are different. I was in a wood. And sh- I said. I, and sh- two, ver- sh- two paths diverged, and I was approached <laughs> by a gnome. <laughs> she said, would you rather be smart or be beautiful? And I said, I'd rather be smart. I'd rather be rich, B. <laughs> D. I'd rather be smart. Because then you can figure out how to be beautiful. Have you? And that has out? been the story of my life. So have you? Am I smart? Am I smart? <laughs> okay, so. Uh, I'm. That's what you said as a four-year-old. Yeah. Lithomethy. Let me tell I've you a thing. I spoke full sentences, and I would say stuff oh, like, "I bet you did." Well, actually. Oh Jesus Christ. <laughs> You're that girl that plays the class factotum in uh, School of Rock. (laughs) Let me just say that I have a calendar for my first year of life, and in it, it says, Nina says the word zipper. (laughs) Zipper? Then, three weeks later, Nina says the word mommy. (laughs) In your first year? Maybe it was my second year. I don't think you start talking till later. It was my second year. But no, I. I, Let me tell you another cool story about how great Nina is. When When I was one year old, maybe I was like one and a half, my mom went to the doctor and the doctor was like, she should be able to say about like 20 words now. And my mom was like, she can say like more than 100 words. And the doctor was like, yeah, right, lady, whatever, your kid's a genius. And then she went home and she made a list of all the words I could say. And it was like more than 100 words. Uh, Hey, what's this episode about? Slash, what is this? What is what? I don't hate this. Oh. The Avantis Guard podcast. I'm Nina Lidoff. And I'm Eric Wenzel? Yes. Oh. Who are you, Eric Wenzel? Who are I? I'm going to start texting this guy from OKCupid oh, if that's God. okay. No, it's not. What do you mean, no, it's not? It's my show. I can do whatever I want. It's our show, <gasps> and you can do whatever I want. <laughs> <laughs> that's not how it works. I don't remember this. Let me just say that I had a really bad experience with OkCupid over the weekend, and it made me sad. International Women's Day hashtag. <laughs> oh, my God. Here's a, a, a brand new hot live piece of information. Nina is having a hard time with online dating. <laughs> <laughs> You're goddamn right. Let me just tell you, I'm See, not. See, every time that. I think I'm going to kill this episode, then something like that gets said, and I'm like, "Damn it! How are we going to sift through this?" So why are we here, and what are we doing? I don't know. You wanted us to get drunk, but I'm not drunk. Sucks to be you. Yeah, I feel like uh, I'm not drunk either. Don't <laughs> drink, kids. Um. <sighs> oh, jeez. I spilled. <laughs> God. Andre's drunk too, and he's been drunk longer than me, even though I'm not drunk. Mom turned down the podcast. It's because you're too young. He's been drunk longer. He's older. Yeah. We're going to get uh, raided by the Vice Squad. 
That's why podcasts are awesome because there's no standards. They yeah, can you can whatever. just like record people and not even tell them. <laughs> yeah. When wait, so why why? Did, why were you telling us this baby story, this toddler story? Because I'm so cool. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, what does that have to do with anything? I'm cool and beautiful and smart. Oh God, I hate that sound. <laughs> That's uh, ginger beer uh, sweetened with stevia and flavored with mezcal. Yeah, mezcal's good. Although I found out it wasn't vegan. I'm not vegan, but just FYI out there. Did you see the news today that plants know when they're being eaten? <gasps> That's horrible. That sound that made it sound worse than like eating meat because the meat's dead. <laughs> but that's like uh, in Jurassic Park when they're like, and the worst thing about it is you're still alive when they begin to eat you. <gasps> ah! I saw that movie for the first time just a couple of weeks ago. Actually, I saw it over Christmas vacation. Jurassic Park. I had never seen it before. <laughs> but then I saw it. Uh, so what's your review? It was scary. <laughs> Um, I had to close my eyes a couple oh, times, geez. and then this one time it didn't close my eyes soon enough, and I I saw it. And you saw some bloodless dinosaur eating. Did you close no, your eyes? The guy's when, arm when... got ripped off. I can't talk about it. No, his arm's there. It's the guy got I ripped know. off. <laughs> <laughs> don't talk about it. I don't. We need to get to your root. I don't know what it is, but I'm scared of dismemberment. I don't think that's the craziest thing to be scared of of all the things. It's yeah. There's some people that are scared of like pickles and stuff. Like I think that's. Uh, but but you're like re- like scared of it in a movie, like as though it's real. Yeah, but movies are it's like the cinema paradise. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like movies are is like you know like play-doh so you're, you're saying like that you're in on a room. Mussolini's side in that you would like to cut out all of those things you know like when you're in a room and all you've ever seen are the shadows of something and then and then play-doh's cave yeah you don't know what's real because you've been chained to the thing and you're just looking at it <laughs> <laughs> i got a quarter of a million dollars worth of education for where? For how much did you pay? <laughs> I'm still paying that. Bernie, just kidding. No, I'm just kidding. When you get a Hillary supporter drunk, she's going to vote for Bernie because <laughs> the truth comes out. Just like how they, they're they like, I always hated my mother and I really want to vote for Bernie. I love my mother. She wrote down all the words I could say when I was one and a half. God bless that woman. God bless that zipper. I mean, mom. <laughs> so the I, I wanted to do a drunk art history episode. Except I'm not drunk. Doesn't matter. It's still going to be good. When do babies good. first start talking? How are babies made? <laughs> Siri, where do babies come from? No, this is a podcast about art. So. So. No, but the reason why I wanted to do drunk art history was a couple of reasons. Number one. I really like that show. Be on our <laughs> drunk history. How do you get on that show? You got to be fucking famous or something. It's like not fair. What is even that about? Derek Waters books comics that he likes. Exactly. So you, so you have to be a stand up. I'm funny. <laughs> <laughs> See? Derek Waters, if you're listening right now, and I know oh. you are, come and get it. I'm not even drunk yet. Wait till I actually am. Uh, Number two, I was at a bar and these drunk guys were talking about art and it was really funny. 
and I wanted it to continue. So, should we roll that? Roll it. It really depends. I, I can't. The one thing I really like modern stuff is what, who's that like Blinky Blink guy? Blinky Palermo. Yeah, that guy's cool. He's like popular. Blinky Palermo. I don't think he knows who Blinky Palermo is. That's a graffiti guy. No, Banksy. Banksy. Oh, that's the one thing. Banksy's a popular guy. Everyone loves him. He's here to cool shit. But like in terms of act, I don't know. I respect all forms of art. Uh, digital arts. At the end of the day, I can't name one thing or person. I I can't name it. See, Nina, this is the deep stuff that you're better off not getting into. And I, that's why I'm going to the back room, and I need to just fucking drink. What? So. Maybe you didn't tell me what you think about minimalism yet. Overall, I like it. You told me you thought it was bullshit. I do, but overall, I like it. You have to pick one. No. Why? I don't know. That's art. The first time you played it for me, it was... Liquor. You just took your headphones off. I don't Yeah, so I think this is going to be the last episode. <laughs> so the premise of this episode is uh, talking about art while drunk. Yeah. But I haven't really gotten drunk in a while, and uh, then we ate a bunch of pizza. So you're not feeling the uh, the effects of the drunkenness? No, I'm not really into it. <laughs> what is the we relationship? We should play this at a, at a two-step program or whatever. Twelve-step. What is the relationship, as far as you understand it, in the 20th century between drunkenness and art? Um, who who are the the drunk artists? That Picasso. You're Picasso is the big drunk artist. No, yeah, I'm a motherfucker. Yeah, no, but not as uh, Pollock is the real. Oh yeah, that's he died sad drunk, though. Well, right? oh, yeah, he got drunk and he drove his wife and and, and his wife's sister, and then they got into a car accident and they died. Did no, all actually, of them die? no, I think he was alone. What he did? I think he was alone. No, I you're think... both wrong. His wife uh, outlived him. Uh, his wife wasn't there because he was cheating on her with his girlfriend and her friend, and they were having a three-way what? sort of thing. What? While they were driving? <laughs> no wonder no, they No, they were having a menage. It's like what? He killed them drunk driving. That's fucked up. Yes. And I was so upset when they did the movie because I remember reading that and thinking if they ever, like, reading the description of it in a history book and then being like, if they ever do that, they have to have the blood, like... Splatter against the no. pavement or something oh, no. like a painting. No, like no, object. absolutely not. It's a biopic. It's got a. I mean, come on, no guys. way, no way, way, way. So, um, Eric's prepared a s- history to share. He's not drunk. No, I'm sorry. Um, because he doesn't like tequila because he's too good for it or something. I don't like the way it tastes or makes me feel. Tequila but let me tell is awful. You guys, incorrect. Let me tell you guys, I know a lot about art history. This is an intervention. (laughs) (laughs) So I'll tell you guys some art history. Don't even worry about it. Coming up after the break, we watched uh, Nina inject oxycodone into her belly. 
what that's not a thing also i want to also say that i'm very suggestible and so i'm not even really that drunk children at home i've had two drinks that's not very recently well that's because you're a lightweight (laughs) exactly but i just want to say i because i want a psa about drinking especially to young people that it's not cool i don't do it very often (laughs) yeah and more than three drinks (laughs) i'm not cool anyone who was wondering i'm not cool I never will be, and I never have been. And also, more than three drinks is considered binge drinking for a woman, so just so that you guys know. Okay. My Wait, dad really? taught me that. Cause he's, yes. More than four drinks for a man has been drinking. Very, you, di- very distinguished doctor, your father. He oh. is, in fact. He's a. Were you like, don't tell me what it's like for a woman? <laughs> <laughs> Today's International Women's Day. Yes. Everybody should donate to the Rape and Incest National Network. Yeah. Keep raping incest. No. <laughs> no. Opposite. So, um, I... Quinced. I'm just going to proceed as though Wait, this... should I tell the story about Da Vinci first? Sure. Okay. My favorite art history story is about Leonardo Da Vinci. <laughs> he was, like, a really cool um, artist. Okay, so let me tell you my favorite art history story. Okay. I don't know if it's true or not. It's probably a lie. Doesn't matter. So Leonardo da Vinci, he was like a guy. He like invented shit, and then he also painted shit. And one of the things he painted was the Mona Lisa. Everyone knows it. It's tiny, just like Donald Trump's dick. <laughs> and his hands. Yeah, and his hands. Does he have small hands? Is that what really... He I said was, he had a big dick during the conference, and I'm just I like, think Marco Hillary Rubio. released her emails. You know, you got to really prove that shit. Oh, I thought you were really, like, Hillary's penis is pretty big. I'm just saying, if you really want to make claims like that during a debate, you got to, like, put your money where your mouth is, so to speak. I think that what was at play was Marco Rubio was trying to get Donald Trump to hold his hand up to his face so he could <laughs> slap it. <laughs> Oh, I wish. Oh, I wish. I wish so much. Anyway, um, so I then said, when Leonardo was like old and stuff, he um, he like I'm looking on Wikipedia. Old age, fifteen thirteen to fifteen nineteen. At the at the old age of thirty eight in fifteen twelve. Anyway, he moved to France, and um, he hung out with King Francis the first. Francois Premier. Yeah. Is Andre probably knows France more about this story from? than I do. Is this where France comes but from? They the were first like king of France was named Francois. BFFs. Because Francois I like, loved art. He thought it was so fascinating. Francois Just Premier like was a me. big, big uh, proponent of uh, painters and sculptors in yeah. France in the 15th Sculptures. and 16th centuries. Exactly. And so, and he like... He just loved art, and he thought Da Vinci was the best artist, so he was like, you gotta come live with me at my palace and stuff. So, so then this Da Vinci... This definitely be acted out. <laughs> I know. So, um, as I remember it from my youth, um, Francis... Francois... What's his name? Francois Premier. Yeah, that guy. The premier Frenchman. The premier Frenchman. Um, Francis I... Built this little cabin off of his grounds for Da Vinci to live in. And then he built like... Kind of like, like Kato Kalin on the uh, O.J.'s Brentwood estate. Um, Sure. And then he built like a tunnel that went underground. And he could visit Da Vinci in the middle of the night 
to just like talk to him about like inventing and stuff. He was like, I can't even sleep right now because I have so many ideas that I need to share with you. I'm going to go in my underground tunnel and I'm going to tell them all to you. And then, and then like art. And when Da Vinci moved there, he brought the Mona Lisa with him. Like he like, he like had the Mona Lisa and he needed to like hang it up in the little cabin or whatever. In the tunnel. And then this is an apocryphal story. I don't know what happened in the interim, but he then he turned it into gold. No, then Francis apparently held Da Vinci in his arms when he died, <laughs> and as he breathed his last breath, he was like, "I love you." But the scholars actually think that Da Vinci wasn't even around him when he died. And but none so, of that but a bunch of people made paintings of but it. But there was a tunnel. I guess. I mean, I remember learning that when I was in the 11th grade, and that is just doesn't change. Well, the true story is that Da Vinci was trying to dig a tunnel to China to uh, circumvent what? Columbus's route to what the an Orient. Amazing inventor. Yeah. That was my favorite art history story I learned in AP Art History <laughs> in Miss Friedman's class when I was a so- when I was a junior in high school. Wow. So um, I remembered it. It stayed with me. It wasn't sexual, apparently. <laughs> he didn't go in the tunnel for sexual reasons. He, apparently he, he just thought art and stuff was like so interesting that he needed to like have a tunnel so he could go talk to him at 2 o'clock in the morning. He'd be like, oh, my God, I need to he talk was to you about like, art. He was like, yo, Da Vinci, It's just like up. me. Like, I have no interest in anything sexual. Just like talk to me about art. It's like it. You know what I'm saying? But I don't have a tunnel in my house, though, yet. Boom. All right. Uh, right? Andre, you know about French history. Isn't that accurate? That sounds like what happened in the life of Francois Premier and Leonardo da Vinci. Though, from what, what do you know about them? From what I understand, also, uh, after da Vinci moved to France, he painted a second Mona Lisa. Damn. Called the Moner Lisa. The Boner Lisa. <laughs> the Mona Lisa. <laughs> the Mona Lisa is not that great, just, you guys. Do you want to like? Up let me on just that, say that Liberty Leading the People is in the same fucking room in the Louvre, and all these bitches are like, "OMG, let me take a picture of the Mona Lisa. This is so amazing." And I'm like, "Hello." You know what I'm Tits, saying? It's just on. like famous because it got stolen and stuff, and it's like enigmatic. Like, was <sighs> it stolen? Would it be fair to say of the Mona Lisa that men wanted her and women wanted to be her? <laughs> Not me. <laughs> I'm my own person. I think at the very least, women wanted to lease her. <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't Lee, sing. That's why they call her Lisa. Mona Lisa. The song. I don't know it. By Nat I'm Kinkle. young. I'm too young for this too, but. Millennials. Uh, no, I'm it Mona Lisa. Mona Lisa, men have named you. Uh I Who also thought it would be the funny. the rest of this I've done. <laughs> I've had two and a half drinks and I'm done for the night. Clap it up for Nina. Thank you. <laughs> was, this, was this episode a bad idea? <laughs> I'm just uh, the reason why I'm, I'm just playing this cool is because, oh, geez, she's like already, she's, she's switched to hungover. I didn't sway. I didn't sway. I mean, the microphone. I didn't sway. What's the, you need the reverse of the thing where they have the cab driver 
that rides a bike cash to you. cab <laughs> where the there's like the cab driver where they ride a bike to you and then drive your car home with you in it drunk and then they ride home you need the opposite of that i guess just a cab let me just put your say something about international women's day it's not all about cupcakes you bitches <laughs> and by bitches i mean men and by bitches i mean other women posting me, about cupcakes no let me just say like zoe de chanel that art women feminism Radical. men are the worst do you know what i mean okay yes i agree I know, right? (laughs) (laughs) Can we also record when you call me up and you're like, oh my God, what did we do? Yeah, we're going to have to record that because I'm going to be like, what did I say? Did I at least talk about feminism? I did. Okay, good. Oh, no, what we're going to do. Good, okay, then we're par for the course. What we're going to do is I'm going to- (laughs) Beyonce- What we're going to do is I'm going to read a, like a prepared statement from you <laughs> after the, or the I, oh, leading into the episode. Give me that back. Like, no, it is yes, disgusting. No, I don't want that it. to go into like you. It. This mezcal tastes like it has bacon in it. I this know, mezcal tastes like smoky. it has synthetic chemicals. Honey, that's not, that's not mezcal. That's just tequila. Give me. Can get a whiff of it. Eric, if you don't tell me about art history in 0.5 seconds, I will quit this podcast and never return. Is that a promise? (laughs) Wow. Um, Listen, if I fall asleep against the microphone, will it break? I won't. He gave me the death eyes. I was kidding. You're projecting the death eyes. Yeah, right. Okay. Uh, well, I this is why Drunk there's no artistry. arts funding in the United States. You know what? <laughs> is all I can say. Well, you want to hear my art. opinion about art? I love it. <laughs> That's my unadulterated opinion. And listen. You hold back so much of the time. I about... know. Listen, you guys. I don't know why. Like when I stop and think about it while I'm drunk. It's like crazy. <laughs> What is? Are you high? Are you also no, high? No, I'm not high. After Pollock died, Bernie. were there any other important artists who were drinkers? Everyone. Well, it's really the, the authors that are. It's the authors. No, all, all that the ab- are. abstract expressionists are pretty famous. What, so De Kooning like, like, was a drinker. Oh yes, he, God yes. Oh my God. They were all alcoholics. There were some Chicago artists who were very heavily infected by drink. Do tell. Like uh, Mr. Nutt and... Uh, Jim Nutt? Where yes. was he? Jim Nutt and, uh, and Vivian... Uh, Meyer. <laughs> Vivian Meyer was a drinker? I thought she was like straight-laced. <laughs> and uh, uh, Miss Nilsson. Oh, Gladys Nilsson. How did you hear about this? There was an article about it in the New Yorker. Oh. There was recently a, a big uh, a retrospective of... Uh, Chicago imagist work, and uh, there was a profile in New Yorker about the the issues that uh, Gladys Nelson and uh, Jim Nutt had as alcoholics. Bummer. That's sad. That's not that sad. There's a lot of alcoholics out there. Alcoholism is sad. It makes me feel really bad for drinking right now. <laughs> especially among artists, but especially among writers. We're just creative types, alcoholics. I mean, comedians. 
I mean, comedians are all. I depressed. was even trying to make a joke about that. That really came out that way. Yeah, I just feel like comedians that, are depressed because they like because they're just observational so humor makes you observe things more closely, and life is depressing if you're not. A, so that's you know. a good reason for a comedian to be a drunk. But what is the good reason for an artist? Because they can't handle all this God-given talent. <laughs> I know it's such a burden. No, actually, like, I can only handle things with extreme verisimilitude. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I actually feel very fortunate as an artist that my art thrives when I am feeling excited about life and inspired and productive in other areas of my life. That's like when I make the most art. If I'm depressed and like laying around, I won't make any art and um, I don't need to suffer for my art. And I feel very fortunate that I'm that kind of personality. Unlike our dear fellow Vincent van Gogh. So, yeah, according to Instagram, it's International Women's Day, which is a... According to me, which I said like a thousand times. Yes, you did. It's uh, an excuse for museums and galleries and everything to be like, uh, it's International Women's Day. What's a woman artist that we can post? <laughs> and then it was, right. what, 75% Louis Bourgeois. Yeah. <laughs> but she rules, okay? Don't even try me. But it's just like, and it's just like, oh, let's name women artists and Instagram it and then put hashtag International Women's Day. Uh, I agree. That or it's an sucks. excuse for guys to post really awkward, weird things about the women's in their lives. Or for women's to post weird women's things about themselves. <laughs> or for Nina to post pictures of Barbara Kruger art. So I was just like, ago. I was just like, what did you guys just Google woman artist? <laughs> so then I was like, oh, I'm I'm like, we should just go stop licking the microphone. <laughs> Never. <laughs> Never. Okay, so the that's Calum Media right. Empire Studio is awash in the DNA of the people who have created podcasts in this room. So I was like, what happened? I'm like, well, you know, this is just an excuse for galleries to be like, oh, look at all the women artists we show. You could buy some. Oh, my God. So it was an excuse for galleries to showcase women. Yeah, or just museums. And it's just like, you know. It's like, but, you know, so much this. of women's art is like naked art. So it's like. <laughs> So I just Googled woman artist uh, on Google. No. So I came up with uh, what I'm going to teach you about today. And that is Louise Elizabeth Vigée Lebrun. Not Louise Bourgeois. No. (laughs) All right. So tell me about this artist. I've never heard of her. I can't even conceive of what her paintings look like. Oh, they're just like fucking. Except I can. Because they're from France and they're from the 18th century. There's some bullshit. (laughs) No. Fucking generic court. Are they? Roco- wait, Rococo. Rococo, 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 Rococo. Post romantic. All right, so here's where it gets exciting. Oh, finally. Paris. Paris. 16th of April. The you day wore after blue. Texas. The Nazis wore gray. The Nazis wait, wore no, red. Wait, no. Wait, is this the Civil War? Proceed. <laughs> Paris. Ah, Paris. 16th of April, 1755. Marie-Louise Elizabeth Vigée was the daughter of portraitist and fan painter Louis Vigée. Is this really what you've prepared for today? Because I'm not learning anything. Tell me like don't, a really salacious story. Don't about, worry, like, a there's sexy tunnels. Artist. There's tunnels coming. Tunnels, up. I love those. 
Um, so she's the son or daughter of a portraitist and fan painter, which now see today that means like they just do paintings of rock stars they like. Uh-uh. But in the but French, you mean times, they fans like that, yeah. that women would have like signals with, and they had like a whole language, and they would be like, yeah, and it would prevent them from getting the vapors. Oh, from who she I'm received her first introduction, instruction, her mother, Jeannie Nay-Messine, was no, a hairdresser. you were supposed to have memorized this. No. I don't want to hear about some bidding <laughs> from the stop ninth. this podcast. I want to get off. 16th century, 18th century bitty. I want to hear about the prostitute murders. Yeah, I know. I know that. Five, four. <laughs> Shut up. Three, two, wasn't it Earth entertaining listening to me drunk? Us. Art is interesting. All right. And we're out. Dear listener, we huh. may have petered out a little bit in our first rec- first take of this episode. The drunk history episode. <laughs> Can't give a straight face. And it's ironic because your face isn't, you have a face for radio. You have a not straight face for radio. Keep it together, buddy. Just keep it rolling, rolling, rolling. We, so we're recording. And I'm not pointing fingers at whose fault it was. Maybe it was because I collapsed on the floor. Maybe it's because it- Eric couldn't keep his straight face together. It was, it was, we're here to present the thrilling conclusion of which you will hear right now. So the other day was International Women's Day or Women's Women's Day. Yeah, I guess it wouldn't be International Women's Day. <laughs> it's that day where we all get together to honor ne- honor that one international woman, <laughs> Madonna. <laughs> so we don't know how this is all going to end up. No. We don't. Well, I guess I have a question for you. Like, why are you so hell-bent on telling this story that you don't care about i do care about it i have another question <laughs> have you ever seen drunk history yes then you'll know that they don't read it from wikipedia i want you to tell it from, from your heart i want you to tell me about this, this artist from your heart the reason why well i still think they study i don't want to just do drunk history because that makes us fanboys and i'm not here to draw pictures of spider-man and put it on tumblr for you to reblog <laughs> burn Burn. Pick that, Derek Waters. Wait, the guy from uh, Pink Floyd? Oh, that's Roger Waters. <laughs> um, okay, so what? what well, I'm twist? not burning. I'm not burning. Yeah, okay, Derek no, that's Waters. Fair enough, but what twist are you bringing to this? I'm reading. <laughs> no, that's. I just have it for reference. Okay. So the reason why I settled on this artist because as we were talking. Um, most uh, meaningful holidays in terms of today are examples to post things on your social media. Mm-hmm. But anyway, whenever it's a uh, Women's History Month or Black History Month or whatever, galleries and museums and institutions and companies and whatever, they will tweet and Instagram and so on about it to celebrate it. But it's really like, oh, uh, here's that's what we're social media engaging today. Right. So I was looking at that, and they were just like, "Oh, let's ju- today's International Women's Day. Let's uh, name name uh, some lady artists in our collection and like uh, Instagram that and hashtag it, and then you know." I know. Well, and I feel torn. You know, 
helping to manage our social media channels because like if you use a popular hashtag that a lot of people are tweeting about people will just see you they'll stumble upon you and then they'll be like cool a podcast about art i love art then they'll listen to it and they'll be like what that was mostly about cats i don't know what is Mm -hmm. our podcast no it's not even i don't even like cats that much this podcast is about cats yes no (laughs) it's mostly about like gross like sex slang that's you siving <laughs> oh now it's about cats <laughs> no, um, i'm just joking but it's it's a hard trap to fall in because i don't want to um you know pander but i don't want to miss out that's why i liked using the hashtag hashtag, hashtag vd goals on valentine's oh yeah Day. but sometimes you got to make that. fun of it exactly so i was looking at that and i'm like how do we do something that's that's conscious of pandering Mm-hmm. And comment on it, but still pander at the same time. Yeah, and but you missed it because International Women's Day was way long ago already. Yeah, and we did uh, not post on it on right. social media. But the idea I had was like, oh, I'm just going to Google woman artist, and then the first hit is what I'm going to post. <laughs> so I did, and then I ended up learning about a very interesting story, which is why I'm like, oh, that's what I will share. Oh, cool. So that, that I got too drunk and belligerent to actually let you share that story. So. Exactly. So I'm letting you share it now. So that's why I need to refer to Wikipedia because this is a new story for me. So anyway, one of the notes you gave back to me was like, and then at some point you just started doing funny voices. <laughs> no, we started talking funny. And then I was like, wait, is that the part when I was Andre was trying to help me pronounce the French woman's name? Yeah, but you guys taught you guys went on trying to pronounce it for like 14 minutes. Well, she's French. She's got like six names. So I'm today, just saying, you just pronounce those French words however you you want to, and you just keep going with that. Just pronounce them like America, make America great again, pronunciation. Okay. So this French artist um, was born in the 1700s, and you might wonder... Oh, was that during the French Revolution? And oh, is that during the French Revolution? I think so. <laughs> but I'm not sure because I wikipedia this, but I was too lazy to Wikipedia the French Revolution. Well, no, because I was trying to stay away from Wikipedia because I got yelled at for using it. <laughs> she was uh, born in 1755. That was before the revolution. Right. About 44 years before. Oh, okay. And when she died at the age of 86, she was in midlife. Or, I mean, she, she was, was in midwife? midlife. 44 years in the future from the date of her birth was about midlife for her because she was to die in her 80s. I know the American Revolution happened in 1776. And I believe the French Revolution... I'm glad that you know some things about some things. I mean, the French Revolution happened after that. 1789. But we always get confused by the French Revolution because, A, in America, you only learn American history, the same story over and over again from, what, elementary school through high school? And if you're like me, uh, you got one semester of sophomore year of high school where you learned the rest of world history, but it was only Western civilization. And since the textbook we used was a full year textbook, but you only had a semester of it, you only learned half. Well, I just I always want like I learned so much about Egyptology as a child. And I don't know if it was like very popular to learn about Egyptology in the 90s or if that's just something that you learn when you're like 11. And then now you don't hear about it because you're not 11 anymore. Yeah, it's kind of like when you're 11, you learn that below the equator, toilets flush backwards and the seasons are backwards. And then, like, 
no one ever talks about it. And then you're like one day hear that and you're like, whoa, shit. I thought that was something they made up when I was a kid. But it's true. So she was alive during the French Revolution and she left behind several portraits of Marie Antoinette. Oh, so she was like a close personal friend. Yes, she was like a court painter. She was a court painter. Her dad was a painter. He was a fan painter. So I think his job was to just paint fans, you know, like like when you go to the opera and women are fanning themselves and they're just like, oh, (laughs) or like when you're in the South and there's like a senator wearing all white and he's fanning himself and he's like, my Lord, this heat is oppressive. I'm just a simple country lawyer. (laughs) I'm just a simple country lawyer. This heat is most oppressive. (laughs) Or if you're like in Japan and... uh... It's the same thing as in the opera, only Yeah, no, Japan. do a Japanese voice for me. No, I, that's not what I meant. I just meant do, the art I, of fan I do painting. declare this weather in Osaka is just so hot. I, I can barely stand to walk around in my kimono. <laughs> well, if you're standing, you can't walk. Because once you start a walking, you're not a standing no more. <laughs> that's what they say. Um, yeah, no. So Japanese lawyers. <laughs> uh, so I like the idea that in medieval France or post medieval France. What? Wow. Early modern France. There's only a couple of things that happened in history. The Middle Ages, the Renaissance, the French Revolution. Oh, Egyptology. I I don't remember the order of those things. But, Musicology. you know, it was like some, some of the dinosaurs. Um, Did you know that Prince um, the invented American the field Revolution. of musicology? American dinosaurs. And then... Dinosaurs. Dinosaurs split off from Europe second, dinosaurs and form America dinosaurs. The second Bush administration. And then today. That's all I know about history. You know what? In college, they used to call me the Bush administration. <laughs> because we had all these shrubberies that I was mm-hmm. in charge of pruning. Mm-hmm. Um, so... I like the yeah. So the idea is that, that you could be a well, the the bourgeois and the French middle class didn't exist yet because mm-hmm. they had to invent it. Isn't it funny though? Because the bourgeois in France so were bourgeois. were like it was an they were like the proletariat, but then the proletariat yeah. became the proletariat, and then the bourgeois became the aristocracy. See what I'm saying? I don't know if that's true or not, Andre. Andre, you know things about Marxism, like. The bourgeois, bourgeois okay, can, again. were the ones that were fighting the French aristocracy. But then in Marxism, yeah, they the got, proletariat is fighting the bourgeois. It all goes down to leisurely sports because there are all these like French. Thomas busy, Eakins. <laughs> there were all these French like ne'er-do-wells and they were like, hey, let's go to the health club and play sports and so homoerotically row a boat. The issue together. was that the bourgeois had the potential to be upwardly mobile. They could ascend into the aristocracy. And because they were property owners, they were capable of self-determination in a way that the proletariat was not. So they Right, but I'm just saying that the they The proles were denied basic human dignity and so they were the ones who were constantly struggling to get out of their situation and, and reach into the upper classes. Right. And the upper classes were constantly trying to push them back down. But I think, but I'm asking, I guess, is during the French Revolution, it's the middle classes that are, that felt that they were 
just as disenfranchised as the lower classes. Well, I mean, it's the same in America. You know, the people that started the revolution were, you know, lawyers and military officers and business owners. You know, it wasn't a peasant revolution. Right. And now who's going to start the revolution next? Bernie supporters. Make America great again. Right. (laughs) No, you're not. (laughs) uneducated yeah because then they're going to have like a whole re-education kind of system you know more free press no more right to assembly it's going to be great you know they don't like to call it a re-education program they like to call it uh, state university oh okay (laughs) which they're going to shut down like Bruce Rauner (laughs) it's a confusing mix but it's a little bit of all of it just a little bit look just hate just hate hate look at what you know and then hate what you don't it's just you just have to ask yourself of all different kinds. It's like a smorgasbord of. OK, so. Um, <laughs> so the middle class French people, they were all at the country club in the squash court playing. They're like, you know what we should do is fuck the government. <laughs> and the government heard him and they the locked least him. the cool part about fucking. <laughs> they locked what they could have thought of in a squash club. Because my understanding is they locked them all the middle class landowners in a squash court and they couldn't get out but then they took an oath that they were like as soon as we get out of here we're thrown over the government <laughs> but for but some first, reason they call it a tennis but court. first best two out of three <laughs> right so they took a tennis court oath where they're like you guys we're never we're going to come back in 10 years and play another best of three so they took an oath on a you tennis can court never go home again and then they got out and they stormed the best deal and they were baguettes. <laughs> and it's confusing because I thought the French Revolution was to overthrow a totalitarian dictator named Napoleon. But no, he was no, the he guy was the that gu- they hired. I'm sorry. Wait, really? You didn't know that? Well, no, I know it now. But when I was a kid, oh, I was like, I was like, whoa, I, was like, I have so much to tell you about. Have you ever been to Versailles? No, I have. It's very opulent. <laughs> it's gorgeous. <laughs> and... And it's very ironic. I mean, Napoleon, to me, is the most ironic historical figure. But I thought Versailles was the Louis XIV, the Sun King's house. Absolutely. But then there's Jacques-Louis David's portrait, the coronation of Napoleon. Right, which which Not the original. It's at the Louvre. But there's a copy of it in Versailles. And it's sort of like, that's why I think Napoleon is so ironic, because he was the guy, exactly, that they were like, you... (laughs) Make America great again. I mean, France great again. And then he was like, I will definitely. And then basically became <laughs> tyrannical and just as aristocratic as. Well, worse because there was just him, right? Well, I mean, he didn't have, I guess the thing that's better about him is that he he wasn't like a descendant of a great family. Like he wasn't chosen for it because he was a part of a lineage like so he was like the french hitler yeah <laughs> basically and he stole way more art than hitler ever did i can tell you that there are a lot of people even today in france who are like you know what we need is napoleon to come back oh my god but he's st- but just like hitler just he like there are a lot of people in the south Stalin of america Brad. just like there are he a lot of not uh yeah. take russia well yeah because it's fucking cold doesn't matter if and it's tanks huge. or horses it's yeah. enormous country Mm-hmm. He helped to create canned food in an attempt to help feed his soldiers so that they could attack Russia. That's fascinating. Yeah. Did you? I know 
as you know, Napoleon stole a lot of art. A lot of art. He also got swole. He swole a lot of art. <laughs> but there's Did this... you know that he had himself added to other paintings? No. I actually didn't know that. I made that up just now. No, sorry. <laughs> God damn it. That would have been so funny great. That would have been I so know. Great. See, okay. I would if I were a king, I'd be like, paint me into this. Replace my face with Jesus's. <laughs> Well, anyway, there's this uh, like Mesopotamian sculpture and it's like of a woman's skirt and it weighs like three tons. And all around the skirt is God, like the things script, women do for fashion is all this script. And it reads, whoever shall remove this from this temple shall be cursed with a million curses and his seed will dry up and his descendants will all die and his lineage will all, you know, like fail. And then it was taken by Napoleon it's in the loom right now. And I was like, sucks to suck. You got placed with this like uh, Mesopotamian curse, Napoleon. Um, um, I'm trying well, to think another Napoleon, Napoleon, a fun fact. fact um, Napoleonic ice cream's named after him. So the chocolate, strawberry, and vanilla. Is that, he invented it, that, that is not true. It is named after <laughs> uh, Neapolitan yeah. ice cream from Naples. Not related to. Oh, it's not Neapolitan. Napole- it's not Napoleon ice cream. It's Neapolitan ice, ice cream. Nap- like, no. you know, a stack is also called a Neapolitan. A stack of what? Bills? No, like crackers and like cheese and vegetables and stuff. A sandwich, you mean? <laughs> <laughs> No, like an artist. You know, a stack snack. of bread and lettuce and meat and cheese no, 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 and hannis. No, no, but it has to be like it's like pastry. Let me talk in my like Great British Bake Off voice. Like it's. Oh, this like is a the name of Are you talking cheese? about the the stack of puff pastry with, uh, with cream creme pâtissière and like you know? That's a Napoleon. Oh. Oh fuck you. What? <laughs> yes, in French, actually, it's more likely to be described as a mille feuille. Right. Which a million. A, thou- a, million, a, thousand a thousand leaves. Sure. Mill. Millie is a thousand. A million thousand. leaves, right? No. No, no. Thousand, is a, a thousand. thousand. Well, um, here's you know how he's always depicted with his hand in his pocket? Yes. In his breast pocket or uh, my, what I heard is he had like a ulcer or something. So he's like holding it because of the pain while he was posing. That's a, I, that's a possibility because you do have to stand. Stand still. And you can't walk. Yeah. <laughs> walking, but you're not standing. I don't remember what you said before. Um, you but you really do have to pose for hours and hours yeah. and hours and hours. I mean, it's not as bad as posing that's for why, a daguerreotype. That's but. why the. Yes, it is. It's way worse than posing for a daguerreotype. No, because you can, like, they're not like, if you breathe, it's going to fuck up my brush strokes. Would you rather not breathe or blink for two minutes? I mean, you could breathe, but you can't, like, breathe, like, shallowly. Or sit in the same Wait. position without without shifting your weight for two and a half hours. Well, no, you could shift your weight and then you shift it right back if you're sitting for a painting. How do you know? I mean, this is why this is why the picture of Dorian Gray is so erotic because he like stares into Dorian's super handsome face for like hours on end. It's like, how do you know which part of you they're painting that you shouldn't? You know, like when someone's painting, I've never. Because he goes, don't you, you're like, can I scratch my nose? And they're like, yeah, go for it. I'm painting your foot. Have you ever, have you ever posed for a portrait before? No, but I've painted models. I Can I ask you guys a question about portraiture? Sure. sure. It seems like in portraits, there's always a ton of detail in the hands and the face. And then everything else is like at 30%. What's that? Um, that's only true of probably 
thirty uh, percent of all portraits. No, I was gonna say that's only true of like a really particular style of portrait that probably is after the nineteenth century. Mm. That would not be true of like a seventeenth century portrait. You guys have to go to the bathroom really bad. <laughs> It's okay. I did before. I'll talk to Andre about portraiture while yeah, you're on. Yeah, please. I'd love to know more. I mean, I actually I did a, a a paper when I was an undergrad about Eastman Johnson, who is a genre painter from the 19th century. And uh, genre painting is like if you know you're painting scenes of everyday life. And his paintings, he would like go out and do quick sketches to sort of get a sense of you know children doing cute things and. He had this great portrait of like a little girl sleeping that I loved. And then he would like go back into the studio and compose this really elaborate scene of like kids playing on a wagon that really is like cloyingly kitschy (laughs) if you look at it now. Mm. And the reason is because he was in the late 19th century um, and he had been trained in Europe, but he really was behind the times of what was about to happen, which was basically modernism. And it wasn't that he didn't have it in him, really, to paint in that style, because you could tell in his sketches that he understood those kind of like improvisational impressionist things that were going on in in France around a similar time. He was a little earlier than that, but, you know, he would have sort of had the talent to keep up with that in a sense. But there's no, you know, that wasn't what he was going for, because that's not what he learned that painting was. And so I think that we have the ability to look at a painting and see that it's because we've seen all different kinds of paintings, but really I think before modernism, before maybe the start of the late 19th, early 20th century, you wouldn't look at that and say, that's a painting. That's a portrait. You would say that looks like a sketch or something. So I think that you might be thinking of something like that. Hmm. Like these Jacques-Louis David paintings that we're talking about with Napoleon and looking at are incredibly detailed. Or if you look at um, like a Rembrandt, for example, the glow, the the glint of light off of a breastplate or something is extremely highly rendered. Furs all in like those um, Renaissance portraits are like or, or lace. You can see through the lace or like even the Mona Lisa. Like you can see she has like a kind of gauzy shirt that's like going over her breast and you can sort of see through to her collarbone or I mean I haven't looked at that painting in a while but um so you're those things the, are highly highly the rendered. thing that I'm talking about then you're saying is related to the relationship that painting has with sketching as it changes over the course of the late 19th and 20th century yeah although there well, are an understanding artists, of space yeah there are artists also who like um Peter Paul Rubens, who are much more open and painterly, or like I don't do you know who did that portrait of George Washington? Gilbert Stuart. Yeah, that's sort of another example of like he's rendering because, because the most detail appears to be in the center of the painting, and then the, yeah, it gets, and then it sort of diffuses out no. after that. Um, so definitely, an, there it, are artists that did much brushier, looser kind of like swirling colors, and that was. That was like a personal style that wasn't necessarily what was in vogue at the time. You know, it was acceptable as a finished painting to do something in that style. Um, You know, they wouldn't have left any bare canvas or anything like that. But um, but they could have sort of like looser brushstrokes. Well, Gilbert Stewart did famously in his portrait. Yeah, right. Exactly. 
Um, That's why that came to mind when I was thinking of that. But to answer your question in a long and long-winded way. And then I have my answer. With no jokes in it, unfortunately. Um, (laughs) The eyes are the window to the soul, as they say. So you have to have... Are you joking? And also, so you have to have the eyes be really good rendered and then good rendered. And then also, hands are really hard to paint. So if you were a good painter, you'd prove that you were a good painter by painting hands. And then the rest of that, like, fuck This that goes shit. back like, to another thing that may or may not make it into the episode, uh, where as a child I was told by numerous adults that drawing a horse, ask any artist and drawing a horse is the hardest thing. Yeah. And then I had real hard instruction. The teacher is like, drawing the human form is the hardest thing. And then I was like, my mom. hard when you look at it. <laughs> yeah. The rock hardest thing. <laughs> And then I just said, my mom said drawing a horse is the hardest thing. And he was just like, uh, okay. You're like one of those, <laughs> you're one of those uh, farmers who falls in, oh wait, that was off mic, I'm sorry. When really what, what that it is, was off me too, is drawing I... a bunch of sharks playing pool is the hardest mm-hmm. thing. It's true. Sharks have so many teeth and you have to render them all because teeth are the window to the soul. <laughs> to the shark tank. Well, and they have, do you know the sharks have several rows of teeth like a movie theater mm-hmm. 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 Um, but not as hard also as this sticky the floors are sticky like a movie theater. <laughs> but not as hard as uh rendering a basic bitch strawberry <laughs> <laughs> so my answer to your question uh and it sounds like there might be some overlap i have to use the bathroom while you tell okay. him your <laughs> So there may only be one person on the episode and we just keep switching in and out. So I was think so I was thinking back to like uh high gothic and northern renaissance and things like that where they're like Durr? Yeah, I was thinking more of like Roger van der Vaden or like late Byzantine, you know, leading into renaissance where it's all about like detail and decoration and space isn't being rendered realistically, it's flat and abstract. And it's about putting in detail and information, but it's kind of like diagrammatic. Oh, like Giotto. Yeah, Giotto. Yeah, being like half pre-Renaissance, you know, kind of the precursor of Renaissance or something. So you know, it's like drawing stop being sort of like what would you say? You know, like illustrative, flat graphical things, and they start representing space realistically. You have this period, yeah, where you're like Nina was saying, like trying to represent drapery as being satin and transparent and things like that but also you look at portraiture and like what are the two things that you connect with when you're talking with someone you either like look at the face or you look at their hands right like how many times you're having a conversation with someone you don't like look at their arm you kind of look at their hands and people talk with their hands they gesture with their hands and you also look in your in their face when they're talking so you're talking about the like a an evolutionary biology kind of a thing about like trying to understand a person's actions or trying to understand mm-hmm. their emotional life and that requires you to pay extra attention to their face and their hands yeah yeah and that, i mean that's what the renaissance was about too like stopping thinking that like man is profane or something but that it's like oh this you know life is beautiful but i i actually think that that's also like a post 20th century idea because um it really wasn't until like Freudian psychoanalysis that you that there was like a strong understanding that you could observe somebody and know what they were truly thinking just by their gestures. They could sort of disregard the words they were saying or they might be saying oh, something I just, opposite. I disagree completely. You can never truly understand what someone's trying to say. No, but even I, right now as I'm trying to convince you that I know what I'm talking about and I'm trying <laughs> to express myself, 
I'm never actually going to lead someone towards thinking the thing that I'm thinking. And that's why I mean, we are truly all of, alone. What's the point of communication then? It's a it's a gesture towards just self fulfillment. No, we're attempting to connect. Nothing is more human. Nothing more element. No, but I mean, well, if you look at the hands again, like uh, religious art and the the gestures and signifiers of Christ and disciples and other things, that's how you know who that is because of the gesture they're making. And the most important things about Christ's body were his face and his hands. Right. And you look at then you look at other portraits and it's like you'll see it's like they're halfway through writing and they're like, oh, you interrupted my writing a declaration on a on a piece of parchment with a quill. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of times you see that's how the the sitter is signified as like what they do with their life or what their status is or what their profession is. Like how the Marat's hands are portrayed as his job is to be dying for that painting. <laughs> that's a mysterious painting. Was Marat killed? Or he was so, the note was so sad. I he, think he's committed suicide. I don't know. I think he dropped his hairdryer in the bathtub. <laughs> Well, he is definitely... Uh, or is that a suicide note? He definitely was... Marat was murdered. See, that's what I always oh. thought. I thought he was but murdered. But he definitely was a French revolutionary. But I think the note read, like, by the time you finish reading this, you will die. Oh. It's like... It's uh, like the black spot in Pirates. Uh, in Muppet Pirates. Do you, that's, the like, the black spot in Treasure Island. Muppet Treasure AKA Island. A.K.A. Muppet Treasure Island. <laughs> in Muppet Pirates. <laughs> You know, Muppet Pirates. Charlotte Corday uh, stabbed him to death while he was, uh, he would often sit and write and work in his bathtub. Charlotte Corday like stabbed the Reverend him to Rand. death in the bathtub and stayed there and waited for the authorities to arrive and then admitted at the scene to committing the crime and was executed for the so murder. Ballsy. So ballsy. The French Revolution is hardcore. All right, so. So speaking of the French Revolution, on. while all these people are running around stabbing themselves in the toilet and. <laughs> Uh, Not what them. we described, but okay. Go on. There's a lot of French paintings called Girl at Her Toilet, which is kind of weird. It's toilet. It's different. What? What? Toilet. Like, like the... Uh, like Eau de Toilette. It's not... Like Eau de Smell to the of toilet. the toilet. No. No. So all this other shit's going down. Madame Lebrun, Lebrun mm -hmm. is... You know, she's whining and dying, Marie, Marie Antoine. Wine and dine and cake. Cake? No. Uh, no. No, thanks. She's painting all these portraits of Marie Antoinette and her kids and stuff like that and uh, earning favors and this and that. And then the French Revolution happens and, uh, you know, proving how it's all hypocritical bullshit. She's married to the guy who runs a hotel at the academy. See, these are why you need the Wikipedia. It's so like, she, how did she become a painter? Because she married because, that guy? No, because her dad was a fan painter and oh, taught her. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. So nepotism. <laughs> well, that's how it happened for so many women. They weren't allowed to paint unless like their father Artemisia was a painter. Like Artemisia Gentileschi. Yeah. Like Artemisia Gentileschi. I always thought it was Gentileschi. I know it is Gentileschi. Anyway. I remembered her name, like my mnemonic device for remembering it was like she has art amnesia uh so her dad's an artist guy and then she marries this guy who's an artist and a dealer and uh he starts showing her work and like hooking up with her in their home in paris <laughs> yeah he hooked up with her it was like her husband but like can you even believe that he was like he was like i'm monogamous but you have to cheat on me with only me 
It was like in Summer of Sam when uh, all the girls are scared, so they dye their hair, and then John Linguizamo's like, I feel like I'm cheating on you with you. <laughs> so anyway, she marries this guy who's an artist dealer. They live at a hotel in Paris. Classy. Called the Hotel de Lubert. And they probably didn't have to clean it. Cause, like, because amazing. it's like the dirty old French days in the 1700s. <laughs> no, people just shit everywhere. It's a hotel. They so the chamber, chambermaids would come in. And... This, I mean, this sounds totally like lame ass. Like, I'm a painter dealer and uh, I show my wife's work and we live in a hotel. <laughs> and I show her paintings in the hotel. <laughs> That's, and that hotel is Soho House. And uh, so they had salons and that's uh, how she met all her contacts and shit. They probably like, like they, if there had been an art boat to live on to sell their shit, they would have been on it. <laughs> Because all these people are checking into the hotel and they're like, hey, my wife's a painter. Why don't you buy yeah, this from the gift shop? It's so not. It's so exactly how stuff happens now. It's not any different. Yeah, except there it was just like everything was gilded frames. Except Gilt. for there everything you would get like guillotined maybe. Yeah. And I mean, just imagine the whole thing happening with velvet on the walls and like everyone's got huge, just like the room we're in now. Yeah. Everyone's got huge what? White wigs. <laughs> yeah, especially Marie Antoinette. Yeah. And um but she's putting it she's putting her neck in jeopardy by painting Marie Antoinette all the time. Well, but no, but the time she thought she was like got the hookup. So then they went to Flanders in the Netherlands. Oh, their paintings are awesome. So the whole time I mean she's just you know, she's a court painter. She's painting Marie Antoinette, they're going on trips, they're painting rich people. Mm-hmm. Ooh, do you want to hear about the minor public scandal she caused? Yeah. In 1787, she caused a minor public scandal. Oh, my gosh. You don't say. Oh, this is why. Because she smiled with an open mouth. God damn it. Women have suffered so much. Speaking of International Women's Day. So she was, she was a true... It makes me so a sad. A true international woman. For women throughout history yeah because she was just this poor woman trying to paint all of the princes and princesses of europe and she can't even smile she can't, she can't even... smile with her mouth open like let me just say if i found a time machine i'm not saying i did but if i did don't ask me about go it go back and fix this episode before it started <laughs> no i would be like i would go i'd be like i'm gonna party with marie antoinette and then i would probably get arrested for like smiling too loudly or like well to be fair when you smile it sounds like this <laughs> or talking to you with too many teeth <laughs> okay so she had her mouth open and was like had had her mouth towards it and was sticking her tongue in it like like when you're like i'm sucking dick like, you know she's making the dick sucking motion yes i would probably get arrested for that if I or as the time. french call it les dick de magnifique <laughs> She Le was so smiling, open. Le, Le Menage uh, Mono. Uno. <laughs> so it was going against the convention of painterly conventions. Also, it sounds. Wait, she. Wait, 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 wait. She. She just did painted. a self portrait where she's smiling, but like her mouth's open. And then, as in now, there's a stigma against mouth breathers. She didn't smile with her mouth open in public, like at a salon. She painted a portrait. She painted a self-portrait. 
I thought, smiling with her mouth open. I thought you meant that uh. she just smiled with her mouth open and everyone was like, ew. Ew. <laughs> Get no. out of here. <laughs> no, she painted herself smiling with her mouth oh, open. Can I, is, can I see that painting? I don't know. But I can tell you that there was something called Memoirs, Memoirs Secrets, which is a court gossip sheet. So I guess that's the uh, 18th century version of TMZ or... <laughs> Uh, People magazine, and it was quoted thusly, an affectation which artists, art lovers, and persons of taste have been uniting in condemning, and which finds no precedent among the ancients, is that in smiling, Madame Vigée Lebrun shows her teeth. Dang. Well, I'm a little bit relieved to know that she was allowed to smile in real life, but also props to her for painting that smiling painting. Mm Mm-hmm. And fuck the ancients. I always think about this. Like, is that like the pinnacle of all human creativity was was ancient times? I mean, I know a lot of classics majors, so I apologize to you. But it just like. But quit living in the past. I know. I mean, Shakespeare was all obsessed with it. Michelangelo. I'm like, in the Middle Ages, it was it was seen as if that we had fallen. And so for a long time, it was like trying to get back to the level of civilization and infrastructure that ancient rome had yeah but i mean because after the fall of the roman empire they didn't have like running water or taxes or senators or, or any of that concrete did you know that they lost the recipe for concrete yeah they lost all kinds of shit this is the self-portrait with the where you can see her teeth ew woof no i'm just kidding she totally has a retching, resting bitch face in that painting like you can hardly see her teeth at all but in that painting she's got the like i'm just being polite you could uh, say goodbye. You can't have resting bitch face and smile at the same time with your teeth. That's not a thing. No, it's this like. <laughs> you have like resting overbite No, face. she's just got this like kind of like. And she's clutching a baby that has the big eyes from big eyes. Yeah. <laughs> she's clutching a baby that's like, I was, you're interrupting our moment. This is, this is the narrative this painting presents Rude. to me. Rude. She was having a moment with her child, and we've, we as the viewer have interrupted it. So the no. mother's looking, and she's trying to smile politely, but she's kind of like, eh? And the baby is like, the, the child, not a baby, but the child is like looking at us with wide eyes, but like you have interrupted this, this intimate moment between mother and child. Here's my narrative of this painting. That's not like her child. It's her best friend's child. But the child secretly loves her more than her best friend because her best friend's really distant and rude. So the best, so she's like cuddling with it and being like, I'm "I your wish you real were my mother. mom." Yeah. yeah, exactly. And then the best friend walked in, and the and the child is like, Ugh, "Her again." And then and then she's like, "I wasn't doing anything," and that's why she's smiling with her teeth open. Nice. So after that kerfuffle, then. The French revolted dun, dun, dun. against themselves, against other Frenchmen. She had to hightail it out of there. Uh, the French family was arrested. She fled France with her young daughter, whose name was Julie. It's cute. She lived and worked for some years in Italy, Austria, and Russia. She used her experience. All the places that Napoleon places. went but couldn't. Because he chased her. Yeah. She was in love with Napoleon. No, she wasn't. Don't. So she used all her like uh, pandering skills and, you know, being good at like insinuating herself into aristocracy to be like, hey, why don't you let me paint your aristocratic bad self before your head while your head's still attached to you? Let me paint it in Rome. 
This is what I'm they quoting did Wikipedia as the Romans here. did. Her paintings met with great critical acclaim, and she was elected into the Roman Academia di San Luca. Lucha. And they were like, you are way better than your stupid old husband. Uh, yeah, it doesn't really say what happened to the husband at this point. So I'm guessing that she was, was not successful. She was single and looking to mingle. No, I don't think she was single, but she was just well, like, no, it you said are that... dragging me down and I am better than this. No, she's. So I'm going to she... go rub elbows with. I'm going to go rub crotches. No. Um, Marie Antoinette. No, it says. No, it says explicitly. Wikipedia is very explicit. <laughs> very explicit. In saying that she fled with her one daughter. So maybe she left other daughters. I don't think that. That's oh, just her young daughter. Sorry. And also, but she also took the daughter of her best friend that she stole. <laughs> no, it, she took her daughter as her own and mm-hmm. named her Julie, which is French for stolen from your best friend. Yeah, my best friend's wife's daughter. So it doesn't say the husband came with her. Who knows? He may have gotten killed or something. Maybe he had to run the hotel. I think they just lived in the hotel. I don't think he was a hotel manager. Oh. Maybe he had to run the gallery where he worked. I don't know. I don't know. It's probably in some sort of Grand Budapest type situation. (laughs) So she's around. She gets to Russia. Uh, She gets involved business-wise with the last king of Poland. Business time-wise. She also paints members of the family of Catherine the Great. Also Lady Catherine de Bourgh. Just kidding. That's a fictional character. That's a fictional character from Pride and Prejudice. Oh, she caused more problems showing bare skin and short-sleeved gowns. Hot. At the order of the Empress, she added sleeves. (laughs) And also Eric's face in the background. (laughs) (laughs) The tactics seemed effective in pleasing Catherine the Great as she agreed to sit herself. Although Catherine died of a stroke before this work began... Uh, due to being fucked by a horse. Wait, what? Come on, you don't know that rumor? No. Catherine the Great, who was notoriously a horse fucker. <laughs> what the fuck? She supposedly had an apparatus that suspended her in such a way that she could have Congress with a horse. Because she didn't just like the D. She liked the D. I'm... I'm speechless. And th- this was a habit of hers into her uh, old age. Yeah. And was the cause of the heart attack that killed her or stroke. Stroke, yeah. Because the horse fell on her and then it popped her brain. I'm like really sad that podcast can't show your face right now because <laughs> I am just like can't even process this. Because remember how earlier I was saying that you learn the same story of American history every year except for one semester in high school? That was in, in the in that textbook of Western <laughs> civilization. It talked about this story. Okay, I have so many questions, but I don't want to talk about it. But I do have so many questions. Like, for example, what apparatus would be horse specific that couldn't also be man specific? It'd probably be like a sex swing, but yeah. much bigger. But no, it doesn't have to it be was bigger. Designed, it's designed, it was designed for her to, unless she was enormous. It was designed to, to, pull, to, to put her time. in exactly the right position so that the horse could enter her. Right. Because the horse isn't, you know, is a big creature, but it is also, you know, like can't just walk around, do whatever he wants. You know, you got to you gotta give, uh, give him Don't a little space. Don't elaborate. <laughs> but also, like, why didn't anyone stop her? She's, <laughs> or, like, she's, she's the, the empress. empress. Yeah, but like. Also, it's kind of awesome. But they were okay. Okay, 
it's a little bit awesome. But what I'm saying is they were so perturbed by short sleeves <laughs> that they fucking made a huge deal about it and made her repaint a bunch of paintings. But nobody was like, oh, the Empress, they were like, the Empress has to wear long sleeves or we won't look at a painting of her. But she can like, she can like get down with horses, like whatever. She's the Empress. Yes, that's exactly how it was. What? What? Wow. Because this is like the old, the like golden age of repression and, and secrets. And you're talking and repression, you're, like you're, getting you're, a custom-built horse sex swing? That is not... The difference between mass media, which is designed to be consumed by enormous number of people, and something that happens in a a stable, and there's like two other people there. How do there. you know she didn't in the stable and not in the palace? She brought the horse in the palace. Yeah, in my mind, it was always in this giant ballroom in the palace where the horse was doing it. <laughs> she had a red room of pain. It was, like, it it was, was all like full of attached horse skin. to the chandelier mechanism. And like, like they changed out a chandelier and put in this horse <laughs> oh swing. Oh my god! Also, also, there was no mass media then, Andre. I know that you want to. I know you want to bring it all back to Marxism all the time. If you create a painting and that painting is seen by thousands of people, that's but it's mass not, media. No, but it's not seen by thousands of people because well, there was no, no that, internet to put the painting on. How many people are invited to these parties? Is a thousand people not invited to these parties? To a, a horse sex party. <laughs> To the kind of thing where there would be uh, people in the palace and they would see the painting. I guess there might be hundreds of people. You don't think there would be a thousand? There was fewer people in the world back then. <laughs> those palaces are huge. A thousand people wouldn't even fill up one of those ballrooms. But a thousand horses would. <laughs> God, I can't even. I don't even remember anything else that Catherine the Great did except for this. <laughs> All right. What happened to our painter? Did she paint well, I was looking horses? for a part where in the narrative they do actually refer to, like, the mass media of her paintings. Oh. All right. Andre wins as usual. All right. So then what happens? You promised there would be tunnels. No. That was your story. No, you said your story also had tunnels. I mean, she was, like, sneaking around during the war. Oh, yeah. Tell me about that. Uh, I said that she fled with her daughter, Julie. Through a tunnel? Sure. <laughs> She fled through the channel. <laughs> that wasn't built then. So she just swam the English Channel with her daughter strapped to her back. What an amazing athlete and painter. Her daughter was suspended in a swing. In a, in a sex swing. So anyway, yeah, so she's doing good with the Polish king and the Russian sex queen. I mean, they refer, she was referred to as, quote, a sexual tigress, Catherine the Great. I've never heard that. I will never forget that because that was in my sophomore high school textbook. Catherine the Great, the sexual tigress who died while fucking a horse. <laughs> what? I'm just like, is there still time for Queen Elizabeth to be known as a sexual tigress? Like, is there uh, if a anything, current monarch? she's so uptight, there's a there horse. It should be noted that when you Google Catherine the Great, the, select the suggestions, there are... Catherine the Great quotes, Catherine the Great accomplishments, Catherine the Great definition, Catherine the Great of Russia, Catherine the Great horse. <laughs> Catherine the Great horse is at the top. That is the number one search when you search Catherine I'm the Great. Just what I want to know is like, is there a is there a reigning monarch now living right now that can take the sex title away from Catherine the Great? Well, it probably wouldn't be Jackie O. She was not a monarch. Oh, sorry. Well, she was also, a head of state. Okay. No. She was married to a head of state. <laughs> what? And She was like the queen of America. 
okay, but as the Queen of America, what kind of crazy sex exploits did she get into? Uh, she famously had to have her diaphragm like uh, shipped to her by the Secret Service. See, this is why I'm saying that women have been oppressed for generations. Just a diaphragm. Her husband yeah. was fucking Marilyn Monroe. Like that. She was fucking other men. That's why she had to have the diaphragm. How so- do you know she wasn't visiting her husband? Why would she wear a diaphragm for her husband? Because she, she's interested in responsible family planning. What, are you Catholic or something? What is going on Well, they you? were. They were Catholic. That is accurate. They had a bunch of kids. They all uh, died. I don't think. John, John. Well, maybe they just had the one. Did you know they had an Airedale Terrier? No. <laughs> they did. Google uh, Jackie Onassis diaphragm. Do not Google that. <laughs> Apparently, Alexander Pushkin wrote that uh, Catherine the Great died uh, when she sat on a toilet and the toilet collapsed underneath her. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't mean to laugh, but I did. I laughed. That's like Taft having to have like a a bigger toilet for his butt. Isn't that true? (laughs) That doesn't sound true. Bigger bathtub because he he got stuck in the White House bathtub, so they built him a bigger one. Uh, I thought they had to build him a pretty good president. Actually, he was. Yeah, and he got Supreme Court justice too. Such a bad rap. That sucks, getting stuck in a bathtub. Yeah, that would be really embarrassing. It's oh. like that Simpsons episode where Homer gets stuck in the Mount Splashmore slide. Okay, yeah. you guys, you got to hear about this. In a section about Catherine the Great, the section is titled The Erotic Cabinet. <laughs> An erotic cabinet ordered by Catherine the Great seems to have been adjacent <gasps> to her suite of rooms in Gachina. We have a question. Does this mean erotic cabinet like a Wunderkammer, or does this mean erotic cabinet like uh, the Secretary of Defense? Like the Secretary, Secretary of getting of... down? No, this is a piece of furniture. <laughs> oh, I know, because oh, I, was... I was certain that you meant that it was like her Secretary of no. Sexiness. Her the, sec- the furniture was highly eccentric <laughs> with tables that had large penises for legs. <gasps> penises and vaginas were carved out of the furniture. <laughs> The walls were covered in erotic art. Some erotic artifacts from Pompeii were even brought into Russia to augment this collection. Cool. There are photographs of this room, and a Russian eyewitness has described the interior, but the Russian authorities have been secretive about this particular czarist heritage. The rooms and furniture were seen in 1941 by two Wehrmacht officers, but they seem to have vanished since then. Oh, that's going to be officials? found someday when they find all the Nazi gold. Investigators are looking into the possibility of locating these lost rooms with black lights. Oh, we're going to have semen stains Ew, all over. Oh, yeah, it will. And it will be horse semen, probably. Oh, but then we could clone her. <laughs> clone her horse. You know who also likes horses, riding horses? Vladimir Putin. <laughs> You know, just for talking about this kind of thing in Russia now, we could all be jailed like pussy riots. It's <sighs> so sad. Women have had it so hard. But, you know, really, when you look at it, Catherine the Great was the original pussy riot. I can't even. I can't. So her daughter married a Russian nobleman. <laughs> and then after. Uh, so her ex-husband. So I was right that she left her husband. And uh, she went on in a... Slash maybe he was murdered. You don't know. <laughs> well, because the rest of the sentence says that he had been heavily lobbying for her to be allowed back into France. Oh, what a nice guy. Yeah, he's like, you dump me and... She was probably like, oh, if I could just come back into France, I to- we could totally get back together. <laughs> if I could just get back into France, say... 
I can't do voices. No uh, one asked you to try. She gets back to France. She has a strained relationship with the new regime because she's a strong royalist, having been the portrait painter of Marie Antoinette. Yeah, as established before. But she's still in demand from the elite of Europe. She visits Switzerland. She paints British portraits. Oh, here we go. In Switzerland, she was made honorary member of the Société pour l'Avancement des Beaux-Arts. <laughs> you probably knew how to pronounce those words, but I accept it. Of Geneva. Or Geneve. Mm-hmm. Ah, she published her memoirs in 1835. Wow, man, a career that spans decades. Centuries. <laughs> um, she was active, painting even into her 50s. She purchased a house in Louvain Seine on the Ile de France, France. So she did get back to France, but she did not get back with her husband. Yeah, no, he just got her back into the country and she was she's like, "Thanks, see you later." Oh, wow. And then her house was seized during the Prussian army in the War of 1814. And her relationship with Catherine de Grey did nothing. Oh, Prussian army. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not Russian army. So yeah, and then she died in Paris. Mm. And her epitaph read? So she died as she lived. In France. In France. It states, Ichi and Fin J. Repose. Was that Japanese? Ici, enfant, je repose. Je reposé. Is there an accent at the end? No. Je repose? Yeah. Or is, da, it just, da, da. is it just je repose? You said J. J-E space repose. Or je and repose. Then, and then an ellipsis. Ici, enfant, je repose. Is that what she's saying? Yes. Here at last, I end. No. <laughs> rest. Here, it finally, I rest. Yes. That's but then cool it has three epitaph. dots because maybe she's... <laughs> Maybe she's going to be a zombie. <laughs> so that's cool. So so you were Googling her to pander to just a random well, woman I just, artist I just and you wanted actually to see... liked her story. What about it spoke to you? I just think it's interesting. What about it? Well, it's got painting. <laughs> you do like painting. <laughs> she was a painter who painted and then she died. <laughs> yeah. She lived as she died painting the aristocracy. <laughs> But I mean, I don't know. I think I just think it's interesting that she lived in a hotel. <laughs> I didn't know they had you hotels really in the that 1700s. Movie. <laughs> you just love that movie so much. Grand, well, Grand Budapest Hotels also hinges on not only a hotel, but painting. Yes. Very true. Very true. And I mean, it was interesting. I'm just saying. No, I just I just don't think of like 17th century, 1700s France, 18th century France, like a hotel. What would that look like? You just imagine everything is gilded. <laughs> In French, leafing you and use molding. that word to indicate a public building. Like l'hôtel oh, de ville is the city hall. Like the Rathaus. Where all the rats that are running Congress live. Ah. Like it, all the rats in the mayor's office. Literally, it just means the the building that is host to something else. Oh. Anyway. I actually lived in this opulent Parisian hotel. I think so you're she saying probably, it could just been an apartment building and they no, had a gallery in it? I think that, that this Wikipedia article was written in English, so she probably lived in a hotel. 
it's possible that she could have lived in a hotel. Well, no, they called it like Hotel Le French Hotel. <laughs> I would like it to but be a still, hotel but for s- your childish imagination that comes alive at the thought of living in a hotel like okay. Eloise. Okay, but also think of weirdness. It's it's not as hard to live in a hotel as you seem to imagine. If you have a lot of money, you probably you could go live at the plaza. Okay, but yeah, no, I understand that. Would but, that be a good or art? Eric, or Eric, you could go live in a motel over on Western. <laughs> would that be good art or bad art if you moved to New York and lived in the plaza because you thought it would be cool to live in a hotel? No, it's not cool to live in a hotel now because the Chelsea still Hotel kind of cold. cool. Yeah, the hotel Hotel de Luber. Well, I'm glad that you shared that story with us. But no, but what I'm saying is interesting. So even if it's an apartment building, that's also weird because all our images of that time are opulent people with huge gowns and white wigs and all oh, that. And you're like, had... do those people live in an apartment building that's just as, is everything that glorious? Well, what I'm does... sure their apartment building is glorious, but she had to have all those gowns and wigs so that she could fit in with the aristocracy that she was painting all the time. Right. But I'm just saying how hard it is to imagine what it's like to live in another time. Well, when you step into my time machine, not saying I have it, don't ask about it. But uh, just between you and me, wink, wink, you can see for yourself. But you can't. I mean, that's that's the the uh, th- the intellectual thrust of Umberto Eco's Name of the Rose is that it's it's entirely impossible for people from one time period to imagine what it's like to live in another. And that's what I was trying to explain to Andre with his question about portraiture, because I was saying basically he can't look at a portrait without having seen the whole 20th and 21st century history of the way that portraits are made. Um, Which Which is why we're now at this huge gap because there are those of us that experienced art before Google image search and after, and art has been irrevocably ruined. Or made more accessible. Because you can see it. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. No, because it's Because it's mass media now. And before you used to have to be invited to a fancy ass ball. And you could only see it if you were one of those Or if you were invited to go to the Keller to see the works that only the collectors could look at. Yes. But it's a huge misconception that people think everything's on the internet. It's not because I've seen images that don't exist on the internet. I know you've been over this a bunch of times. Well, that's fucking important. And you've also searched the internet for images that you can't find on the internet and it plagues you to this day. Well, okay. I'm sorry. I will stop caring about images. I'm not. No, you'll stop caring about wanting to see Andrea Frazier have sex in that video. That was just an example, but it happens all the time. No, it is an example. You talk about that all the time. I talked about that once. You was way more than once. Way more than once. I'm going to Google on Spank Bang no, for ew, Andrea no. Frazier. Uh, nope. No, but there's images all the time where I'm like, this would be the perfect image to show in a lecture, and it's not on the internet, but it's in a book I had. I have had this conversation. So then it was you in scan the... it, then you upload it to the internet, and boom, it's on the internet suddenly. Yeah, but it's all it's all. How do you in, think uh... all that stuff got on the internet to begin with? Well, but it looks like shit when you've scanned an offset print. I'm just saying. Then you have to go to the place and request for, you know, to photograph it. Or find what collection it's in. Contact the collections manager of that collection and ask for a higher. Yeah, but sometimes photograph. it's in Japanese bank vault. You know, that's your own fault. Your no, own it's vault. The bank's fault. Your own Japanese. Become as wealthy as a Japanese person fan in painter. the '90s before their economy crashed. Yeah, and then buy it yourself, and then show it to your students in pub 
real life and then it doesn't matter that you know a digital image isn't as good as seeing the real thing anyway no i'm just saying whatever all right it's all (laughs) see it's just i just tied it up with a neat bow thank you for listening to i don't hate this the i want to scar podcast i'm nina litoff and that's eric wenzel you can find us online at i don't hate this on our twitter and instagram um, you can email us with your favorite 19th century French Revolution story. I don't hate this at gmail.com. You can follow us on Facebook. I don't hate this pod. Facebook.com slash I don't hate this pod. Uh, you can visit our website. I don't hate th.is. You or I don't can, hate dot is. Yes. You can like us on, on, on <laughs> Facebook. No, uh, rate us on iTunes and and uh, subscribe and and do all the things on iTunes and wherever you download your podcast. You know the d- whole spiel. Do you have any anything to plug? Yeah. So the movie, the documentary movie about this horse fucking ring in what is it, upstate Washington, Washington yeah, State? It was in the uh, suburbs outside of Seattle. Seattle. So yeah, the documentary is called Zoo. And you said it's about a Boeing executive that was no, but fucked to death by a horse. God, yes. You but the best part the, the best part about it is Art Forum had an article on it. And the title of the article was, does anyone want to guess? Horsing around. Yes, it was called Horseplay. Oh, no. And I was like, why didn't they call the movie that? No. They called it Zoo. It wasn't about fucking zoo animals. <laughs> Some petting zoos have horses. Okay. <laughs> Do Heavy you... petting zoos. Oh, God. Yes! <laughs> and we did it. We reached the nexus of the podcast. Oh, God. We have found. All right. We can't go on after that. Goodbye. <laughs>